0: I'm Ryan Gable, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings radio broadcast right here on The Fringe FM, Monday through Friday, five nights a week. With replays after the new broadcast Monday through Friday, TheFringe.fm is the network website. You can go there and you can find all of The Fringe FM hosts and radio shows. Check out the show schedule. For our show, our website is www.thesecretteachings.info where you'll find our show archive, our montage archive, my books, and more. You can check that out at www.thesecretteachings.info and if you'd like to contact the show or find us on social media, you can email rdgable at yahoo.com and find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings. It's already September. What is today? September 3rd. I think today is the 3rd. I guess depending on when you're listening to this show, it'll be the 3rd or it could be a year from now. It'll be interesting to look back on these kinds of shows in a year from now or even in a couple of months from now. I can't help but kind of think about what our friend Jordan Maxwell talked to us about the last time he was on And although I'm very interested and very malleable, let's say, to the field of uh, astrology, understanding the history of astrology and astronomy, knowing that they were once inseparable, I'm not necessarily a, a fan, let's say, of studying astrology myself. I mean, I enjoy the symbols of it, but that's kind of how I feel about anything and everything. I enjoy the symbols of it, but there are a lot of things I don't like to invest my time in because I'm not as interested. But there are many of you who are interested in the stars and astrology, and you focus your attention on that, and you know a hell of a lot more than I do. But I keep thinking about what Jordan Maxwell said in regards to his friend, and what he termed the Astrology of Nostradamus. And let me preface once more that I am not someone who makes or accepts without critical, critical criticism, some kind of prediction. But Jordan Maxwell and his friend were talking about some form of energetic shift occurring sometime around late September, early to mid-October. Now, I, I say that, and I, I, I feel there's some kind of shift. You know, it sounds like something that David Wilcock might say, you know, or David Mead. I think the guy's name is David. David Mead might say. Oh, there's a big event coming. Oh, Planet X is coming. Oh, it's all going to fall apart. All the aliens are going to arrive for the fake alien invasion. But when I asked Jordan about that, he said, as I would expect Jordan or anyone who's well-versed in magic or the occult, when you do a tarot reading or when you throw bones or in- when you do any kind of divination, the future that is predicted and perceived is the future based on the current path. You might change that path. So what was predicted might not come true. It doesn't mean that the reading was inaccurate. It was accurate for that moment in time. But maybe because you perceived something negative, you became more cautious in life and you averted that negative. And maybe you got worried instead and you confirmed your fears and you manifested that negative or you stayed on the same path and experienced it. So when you talk about astrology or you talk about reading the stars, I think a lot of people feel like it's a, it's a for sure thing. Obviously a, a real astrologer, someone who really understands the stars or magic, knows that it's, it's in the moment. And it's a current. It's actually a current, not just a current. Energy, But it's a current. It's, it's a currency. It's energy in the moment. It's currently in the moment and it's a momentary currency, if you will. So things change. So to me, it's not a prediction. But when I think of that, I just can't help but thinking about historically what is referred to as the October Revolution. Now, if you've studied a little bit of World War I history or early 20th century history, then you'll know what the October Revolution is. The Soviet communist overthrow of the Russian government, referred to as the October Revolution. It was carried out starting on the 25th of October, and i mean we put things into uh an understandable framework and context with certain days but obviously you could look at it more detailed and you'd find you know different days involved but and i only say that because i like extreme details 25th of october though and uh the dates given are somewhere between late october and early november and that this is when you had an overthrow of the russian government and Communists took over and destroyed Russia for, well, I mean, in 2020, it's over 20 years since that 1917 revolution. And uh, it seems like in the last couple of decades, Russia has just fully become, become, you know, separated. I, I mean, obviously, communism didn't fall in Russia until relatively recently anyway so russia is still struggling with that as as a as a country i mean these these people messed russia up just like they messed uh any number of countries up china still under the totalitarian control of the communist state and you can go look at cuba to north korea to venezuela to i mean the list just goes on and on and on and on and on and in every single case there is widespread famine and widespread torture and murder and death and rape and pillaging and youth brigades, which means that you get a bunch of people that are young and impressionable. You turn them against their parents and, you know, the elderly. And you use them to commit acts of uh, horrible, horrible violence. It's not an exaggeration when you hear... People like myself or others talk about groups of children, groups of children that would be given the go-ahead. I'm not talking about 16 or 17. I'm talking about like 8-year-old, 10-year-old, 12-year-olds given the go-ahead and and just hordes, little girls and little school dresses, little school skirts. You know, like rather than selling cookies, they knock on your door and they stab you to death. This isn't about creating some culture of fear you can interpret what I'm saying however you would like but these are historical events you know it wasn't like groups of little girls got together all over China or Russia and killed people but these are extreme instances of what that extremist system produces mass hysteria mass panic mass fear and mass confusion and of course these are byproducts of the lack of context it could be historical context it could be the lack of context on uh, economic matters which is a uh, probably one of the biggest uh contributing factors to the lack of uh, some kind of uh, pro- some kind of discourse within Within a system that you might label or classify as, you know, communist or something, because that's all that always seems to be the big, the big thing that everybody debates on. Oh, is it communist? Is it capitalist? And capitalism's better. Communism is better, right? And and we all too often get caught up in the the definitions of things like that. I mean, see, the reality is, I'm not saying there's going to be some giant. Communist official revolution declared in mid-October, a month from now. And it's all going to just fall apart, and the president is going to, no matter who the president is, Trump or, I mean, Trump will still be in office until January, but Trump or Joe Biden, it doesn't matter. It'll just be a big communist revolution, they'll rip the president out of the White House, and they'll... Kill the Congress and then there'll be a Politburo and it all just falls into place, you know. And it doesn't even do that in history. Nothing like that happens in history. It's a long, drawn-out process. Lots of suffering. Lots of confusion. And uh, the presidential election in the United States is November 3rd, this year, 2020. I'm sure everybody is very well aware of that, whether you live in Scotland or you live in uh, Australia or Japan. You know, as an American, you don't realize how much people pay attention to your country, you know. But I guess if I lived in, you know, if I I lived in some place like Scotland, I have a friend in Scotland, Kev Baker. And sometimes, you know, you're talking to Kev or if you listen to Kev Baker's show, it's like, why is he talking so much about American politics, It's because it dominates the globe. And uh, because of that, because America is this beacon around the world, Americans don't realize that, I don't think. A lot of the time, I think we just think, well, the rest of the world is just like us. It's not. Americans are very privileged. I mean, there are a lot of countries that have privileges that we have and have an open, free society. uh, But it's a little bit different in America for a lot of different reasons. I mean, I can tell you that you know, from from my experience and from the stories I've heard of. Oh, you don't even need to, you don't even need me to tell you this, but if you're a woman in the United States, you have it really good. If you don't think that you do, go to China, go to India, go to Iran, and see how well it is for you there, because it's not going to be the same. It goes for for men too, not just women. But you have uh, in about a month you have you have the month of October coming up, so it's the anniversary of the Communist Revolution in Russia. And right after that, October, November, is the presidential election. And this is all kind of coming together in a big crescendo again. Doesn't it just seem like that? I say a big crescendo again because last night we talked about the crescendo of all of these strange, all these different parts, like in an orchestra, all these parts working together. You know, the brass section, the wind section, section, what what do they call the different parts of an orchestra? I was never in band. Like you have the wood instruments and... So you have all these different components, all these different gears working together, right? And you had the MTV Awards on the 31st, which is a very significant day, the day that Lady Diana, Princess Diana, was also ritually murdered. And you had, uh, I mean, you can pick out a number of things that, that are relevant if you'd like, but all of these things just, I think, cyclically come together it doesn't have to be some, you know, big conspiracy but i was just thinking of that before the show it's like with everything that is happening around the united states and around the world for that matter you have all of the the rioting and the violence and the protesting and the and the communities where people feel like they are at war and and in some communities they are at war and it just has that feel of an October revolution. And maybe that happens before the election. Just like Jordan and his friend were saying, some catastrophic event, uh, energetically speaking, that is some energetically catastrophic event that changes the course of of the world in a way that is more dramatic even than COVID-19, which I think has been used as whether you call you can call it whatever you want but it's clearly a an authoritarian power grab of uh, the exploitation of of covid and you know obviously if you've paid attention to media the last couple of days the new york times published a story showing that basically the all the testing all of it it's just nobody's sick that's in the new york times from the 29th of august your coronavirus test is positive maybe it shouldn't be says the article but no, they're going to double down on it anyway. And I think a lot of people can see that it's very political. And a lot of people can see that when there's where there's a lot of violence. You know, you can take pictures of cities and say, this is Trump's America. No, no Trump's America is where you find Trump supporters. Whatever the other opposition is to that, it's, that's their America. The needles and the feces and the, the violence in the streets and the so-called protests that's not Trump's America. And that doesn't mean I like Trump. I have to state that on every show. I don't I don't support Trump. Over Joe Biden, yeah, but I don't support Trump. I don't support any of these people. I uh I support what to me seems like common sense. I, I support freedom of, of the individual. And when I sit here and talk to you and I share the these feelings I have I have a general idea for a show, but tonight I, I I'm just sitting here and I'm thinking about these types of things. This is what I this is what I do off air. I just sit and I and I think. Or I talk to people and I think. And I put these different pieces together. And I try to form a, a theme or an understanding. That's all that any of us are doing. We're trying to understand what's going on. I mean I I'm looking at music videos, let's say, um, as one example. There are many examples in movies too, but I'm looking at music videos, and I talked about this on a recent show. There are music videos going back three years, maybe more, where the artists are promoting wearing face masks in the video. Not some trendy punk rock steampunk thing, but, but promoting wearing surgical masks or... More so than surgical masks, promoting wearing the masks that are like designer—you know, the designer masks with patterns on them, things that people hand sew, and there's companies that make them, promoting that. And and you have to ask, is that a coincidence? Why? You know, my friend Jack always tells me he's like, you know, Ryan, I just think there's something more to the mask. What is it? And I said, well, it it allows for a you know a a, a sense of disassociation because then we. We don't know what people look like. We can't see, or read their 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 facial reactions. And so that's that. I think that's a huge part of it. it. It creates a, along with social distancing, staying at home, it creates a more, a more reserved, timid, afraid citizen. And while the good citizens who follow law and order hide because they're scared of a, of a virus or whatever it is, scared of getting sick. There are others who take to the streets to burn and to riot and loot and do all the things that you've seen over and over again. It's always in the name of some black person, right? George Floyd or, you know, I, sometimes... I sit and I think, you know, maybe when I do shows and I talk about this kind of thing, it's stale. And then I start thinking, no, Ryan, it's not stale because people want to hear what your take or what other people's take is. I I listen to other shows. I want to hear what their take is on this matter. It's a political matter. It's a social matter. But then I... I tell myself, it's not just that. It's it's historical. It's important. We have to understand history. And then I start thinking about the October Revolution, and I start thinking about the increasing and the amplifying of the violence and the promises of certain groups of people, Bernie Sanders supporters and others that say, we will burn down America. We will destroy American cities. We will burn it to the ground if we are not put into power. And The closer you get to the election, the closer it looks as if we are not just experiencing a simple, simple is an understatement, but a simple to complex color revolution. We are in the midst of a September-October revolution, 103 years later in the United States of America. So first they came for... One country and then another country. They came for Russia. Russia was the, the initial crowning jewel in the communist crown. And then they came for other countries like Germany, where they were stopped on several different occasions. You know that in Germany, they were actually stopped in the 20s. In the early 20s, there was a communist uprising. And another one in the late twenties, early thirties, when they were stopped by the Fly Corps, which uh, was a group of soldiers basically that were they were veterans and they had but the thing is they had guns. And so they they stopped the communist uprising. They had guns. They defended themselves, their families, and and their country. Then they tried it again. The second crowning jewel was, of course, Russia. And first they came for Russia. So world superpower, then they came for China as a world superpower, and of course they got a number of other countries, you know, you can go from Venezuela to Cuba, to the Ukraine, and so on and so forth, but they came for China, and now, and then, they came for America, and that's where we are right now. And anyone who has opened a history book to early 20th century, mid 20th century history, unless you are so incredibly biased as to support the violence, you have to recognize what's happening. They, and we know exactly who they are, intend to paint the United States of America not red, white, and blue, but red, read and read and then they came for america i'm ryan gable this is the secret teachings there's more after this don't go anywhere check out our website at www.thesecretteachings.info for our full show archive books and montages when you do that you subscribe to the show you support the network the secret teachings myself and you we'll be right back don't go anywhere
4: this is the secret teachings to contact the show to share information and your opinion or give recommendations email rdgable at yahoo.com visit the facebook page at facebook.com slash the secret teachings or our website the secret dot info
5: if you'd like to hear more of the secret teachings if you missed a show or part of a show Sign up to the ever-expanding archive at thesecretteachings.info. When you subscribe for a month or year, you get access to the full show archive to every show after it airs. You can download and stream unlimited episodes and share your login with friends or family. With your subscription, you can also get access on the website to all of Ryan's digital books and the ever-growing montage archive. Just visit thesecretteachings.info and click on the Donate Subscribe tab at the top of the page. Use the secure PayPal link and start your membership today. By subscribing, you support the Secret Teachings, The Fringe FM, Ryan, and yourself.
0: Alex. X- Hi, I'm Alex Exum, and you're listening to KTLK The Fringe FM.
2: The Secret Teachings t-shirts are now available through TeePublic and the show website at thesecretteachings.info. Whatever your color or size, check out the full selection on our website. Shirt designs include the Secret Teachings logo, our Occult Arcana shirt, the infamous Moth maam and of course the Blue Chicken Avian shirts, among others like the Paranormal Desert Shirt. Check them out on T-Public by searching for the Secret Teachings or simply visit the SecretTeachings.info and select the merchandise option at the top of the page.
3: That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you.
2: The truth is out there. There's something out here. And so are we. KTOK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.
0: I'm Ryan Gable, host of The Secret Teachings, and you are listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe, FM.
5: This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rbgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash Teachings.
1: Again, I want to thank you uh, for allowing me to be on the show, Ryan. You're not like the mindless dribble around you, and that's why nobody's going to like you. When you step out uh, of the crowd to do something important, nobody's going to want to have anything to do with you because uh, you know you don't run with them and their stupidity, and that sets you apart. But that's the problem you face when you're Nikolai Tesla or Albert Einstein or anybody else on the cutting edge the world does not want to see you succeed. They're not interested in truth. You're on a very incredibly important mission in this world as a young man to wake up and help your fellow man to wake up. It's very encouraging to me (laughs) in in my old age to see a young man like yourself who's uh, not only aware and alert, but actually doing something instead of complaining and Ranting and raving, then go have a beer and forget <laughs> about it. You're actually, as a young man, doing something. And that is not only admirable, but, uh, but it's, it's, it's great to know that there are some young people in America who do have a good mind and are actually seeing what's going on and doing something about it. And that's why I'd uh, be delighted to come on your show anytime. You call me and I'll be there. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings, excellent shows. Keep listening with your host, Ryan Gable. There will be
3: no place for dissent in future Marxist-Leninist America.
1: Marxist
5: Leninist America. Marxist America. I was asleep before. That's how we let it happen. When they slaughtered Congress, we didn't wake up. When they blamed terrorists and suspended the Constitution, we didn't wake up then either. Now I'm awake. No! Your emergency broadcast system announcing the commencement of the annual purge at the siren. All crime, including murder, will be legal for 12 hours. Your government thanks you for your participation. The
4: modernization process in the United States is fully completed. We are trained Marxists.
3: Most of it is done by Americans to Americans.
5: Class struggle is the key link, the Marxist ideological, political, and organizational line. Black lives matter! Black lives matter! Class struggle is... Black lives matter! Black
2: lives matter! Blessed be America for letting us purge and cleanse our souls. Join me as we eliminate
5: evil. Black lives matter! Black lives matter! suspended the Constitution. We didn't wake up then either. We are trying to. I know the thing
3: that happens. I'm sure it feels very
5: real. Class trouble is. Black life matter! Black life matter!
2: Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black.
1: Lives matter. You ain't black lives matter. And you ain't black. Lives
4: We have before us the opportunity to forge
2: for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. To collapse the liberal international order. We will see the emergence of a new international <laughs> beginning, The beginning of a new international order.
5: The <laughs>
2: we re-organize into the first <laughs> <genetic> <laughs> for the
3: Welcome in the darkness. I hope you find it enlightening. Demoralization process in the United States is basically completed already. Most of it is done by Americans to Americans. Thanks to lack of morals. The next stage is destabilization. This time, the does not care about your ideas and the patterns of your consumption. Uh, the uh, influence of Marxist-Leninist ideas in the United States is absolutely fantastic. Uh, the next stage, of course, is crisis, and after crisis, with a violent change of, of power structure and economy, you have so-called the period of normalization. It may last indefinitely. Americans are facing a new normal. I don't think we ever get back to normal. Normalization. I think this
1: is one of the new normals.
3: Normalization. It may last indefinitely.
0: I'm Ryan Gable, and you are listening. The secret teachings on the fringe FM. I'm sure many of you are familiar with the famous Martin Niemöller quote, the famous pastor who said, First, they came for the socialists, and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. And then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak out for me. Well, they came for Russia, they came for China, and then they came for America. And along the way, they picked up some other prizes. Cuba, various South American countries, Cambodia, the Ukraine, and they've tried To take over other countries. That's where Mussolini comes from. That's where Adolf Hitler comes from. And you know I did a show recently called. Hitlerian Paradox. And I made a really interesting. Promotional image for it. I had a picture of Hitler. And I put the head. On the body of a riot officer and I had flags burning and all this stuff and I know that people interpreted it as this must be someone who thinks Trump is Adolf Hitler and he's burning down America because that's what the left in particular thinks that's what the mayor of Portland thinks that's what Joe Biden thinks that all the violence I mean I don't know if they really think that I think they know what they're saying i think they well maybe biden doesn't but i think these people know what they're saying they know what they're thinking and i just find that so funny how uh, how an image can convey so much meaning that's why i love symbols but i don't put that image together to convey that meaning the show is called hitlerian paradox for this reason because you e- you either live long enough to see yourself become the villain or you die a hero And from the beginning of Trump's administration, you know, Democrats always call Republicans Nazis and always call them, you know, extreme, you know, right wing extremists. And then Republicans always call the Democrats left wing. It's the same thing. But the Nazi and the right wing militia, all that, all that's always put on Republicans. And from the beginning, all Adolf Hitler and Trump are exactly alike. Trump is exactly like Adolf Hitler. And I used to say, yeah, you're right. He is a lot like Adolf Hitler. But don't confuse what you see on Netflix with the real Adolf Hitler, who, despite the fact that Hitler was a psychopath, could not compete with the psychopathy of many of the most famous communist revolutionaries and leaders. See, at least in Germany there was a sense of pride. And at least in Germany there was a sense of community. Maybe not for everybody. I didn't say it was fair. I just said that there was a sense of pride in the way that you dressed, in your work. People had work ethic. There was a sense of pride in Community. There was a sense of pride in nationality. There was a sense of pride in pretty much everything. And if you didn't have that sense of pride, you really didn't fit in. And I don't know about you, but if I had to pick, you can call me whatever you want to call me, but if I had to pick a totalitarian regime to live in, I, I would have picked Nazi Germany 10 times out of 10 times. Because yeah, maybe if, and I don't believe Hitler's views on Jews was an immediate identification. It was a long, long process by which Hitler came to an inaccurate conclusion, in my opinion, about the Jewish community perceiving Jewish influence as negative when it not always is. But it is suspicious that Jews controlled a tremendous amount of industry and and profited, and a lot of Jews that weren't even German citizens, but profited from from war, going back to the First World War. You know, so... You can understand it. You have to understand the re- Hitler didn't just get up one day and said, "I hate Jews and I'm going to take over Germany and we're going to kill everybody we disagree with," and uh, and then and then we're going to get Lenny Riefenstahl to make propaganda films. You know, it didn't just happen that way. This is what people like Jordan Peterson try to explain. It th- these people don't just wake up one day and they're violent. There are people like that. But you need to understand what made Hitler, Hitler. What made Stalin, Stalin? What made Lenin, Lenin? What what made Mao, Mao? Well, what made Mao, Mao is a little bit more simple to understand. He, he was what he used to bring China to its knees. He was what you see in the streets in Portland and Minneapolis and in Kenosha. It's what you see on the streets all over the United States, people that feel as if they are entitled to something, people that feel that they've been wronged, people that feel that since they're young, it's their place to remove the older population, that they are correct, they are right, that what their professors taught them was correct, that was accurate. And so you just have to you study Mao, I've studied Mao and you try to understand what Mao was. In my opinion, Mao was Mao was a was a fat entitled prick. And I wonder why we never ever bring Mao up in a conversation about ter- terror and tyranny and violence and authoritarianism. It's always Hitler. It's like that episode of of King of the Hill you know, where, where I think it was Peggy and Luann, they were watching, I think Bobby was there too, they're watching TV, and it said, now back to, or something like, maybe it was now back to so-and-so up next, Nazis of the ocean, Nazis of the desert, the Nazi war machine. And then Luann said, wow, the Nazis did a lot of stuff. <laughs> and that's what it's like if you turn on Netflix, it's all Nazis, Nazis, Nazis. You know why it's all Nazis? It's not that the Nazis were great people. It's because those that control history, they're not Nazis. They're not extremists of the right. They're extremists of the left. They control the major universities. They are primarily made up of professors and lifelong students. You know, I just think it's ridiculous. I, I actually have a communist flag in my apartment. But people see the German battle flag, and they think I'm a Nazi, but they never question whether I'm a communist. See, that's what I'm always trying to relate here on the secret teachings. I'm asking the questions that people can't, don't, or th- they refuse. They're scared of asking those questions. And so, I, I can tell you, you know, you know what, it's not a popular thing to say, but if I had to choose between living in the Soviet Union and communist, you know, communist China and and and, and you know or fascist italy or fascist germany i'd pick fascist italy and fascist germany 10 times out of 10 you know why for the same reason i've had listeners whose families um i've had a couple of listeners whose families w- were were um you know they 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 lived in russia maybe their their uh, great grandparents or something experienced the russian revolution and they've all told me the same. I mean, I've, I've, I've said, this is how I feel with the information I've had, uh, I have. And I've had listeners come to me and say, it, it's it's, it's true, though, what you're saying. They said, you know, my, my great-great-grandfather, or, I, I don't know. It depends on, you know, the, the person. I've had people tell me different things. Maybe they're not telling me the truth. But they've said, like, you know, I've had family members that, you know, uh, the, their stories in our family, they left communist Russia and they went to Nazi Germany. Because that was the, the opportunity they had, and they, they joined the Nazi movement because they, they offered them food and shelter and clothing. And that's the thing, it's like, I don't, I don't support the extreme left or the extreme right at all, under any circumstances. But, if you're going to ask me to choose between the two countries, I'm going to live in Nazi Germany, you know? And, and and that's just kind of like abhorrent for some people to think about. But think about it from the context of what would it be like to live? And and I'm I'm going somewhere very important with this. Please just take a second and and try to decompress before you you know you have an aneurysm, or you email the network and you try you turn me into the I've already been turned into the Southern Poverty Law Center in Antifa. So just you know it, it's you're not you're wasting your time if you do that. But just hear me out. You go to Soviet Russia, horrible place. You wouldn't want to live there. And for some of you, maybe you wouldn't want to live in Nazi Germany either. But if you're going to pick the lesser of two evils, you you, you got to pick Nazi Germany. There's nobody in their right mind's going to pick communist Russia. So if if that's the case, you might say, "Well, Ryan, Nazi Germany was still a horrible place to live." Uh huh. It, it it was for a lot of people, not all people, but generally for some people it was a much better place to live than, at least they had food, you know. Now, what happens when you have one extreme? Well, that extreme, if it's not combated, will become the dominant force. And how do you resist that extreme? Well, there's two ways to do it as far as I see. One, you have the moral restraint and you have the education and common sense to fight that extreme, whatever extreme it might be, with a balanced, passionate, soulful, and willful resistance to defeat it because you are fighting for something that is almost divine. You are fighting for something that you can feel the purpose of it. A lot of historians have pointed out that there are many, many reasons why less than 3% of the American colonies were able to defeat the greatest military and navy in the world. And it wasn't just because of the refusal of the Russians to support the British or the acknowledgement of the colonies by the French and the Coming into the War of the French, which which helped to defeat a lot of a, a lot of the British Navy, but it, it was because the colonists were fighting for something, and a lot of historians have pointed out that a lot of the British soldiers they they weren't fighting even for their country. A lot of the British soldiers were you know drunks, I'm not saying they were drunk on the battlefield, they were drunks and they were people that were in prison, they were thieves, and they were given. The option, go to jail, hang, rot in a cell, or join the military. I mean, people do that today, right? So it was no different then. You have people that are choosing to fight because that's their attempt at rewriting their own history as an individual, and so they find something to fight for. And they were fighting against those, who had a collective and some would say a divine purpose to fight. So some historians have pointed out that in in a spiritual, psychological way, despite the overwhelming number of men and firepower, the colonists were able to defeat the British for that reason alone. It's not that simple, you know, Historically there's much more to it it's much more complex but that's a big significant factor. And so when you've seen these groups go after, you know, they first they came for Russia and then they came for, you know, China. I know they came from other countries too, but these are two crown jewels in the Marxist history book. And now they came for America. And you can see a timeline kind of play out here, because you you had Russia in 1917, the October Revolution, right? And then about 23 or so years later, you know, it was 1948, so it's like 21 years later, something, 47, 48, I mean, you play with the years, but officially, late 40s, let's say, late 40s, the communists took over China. Alright, so then you have uh, an infiltration of America, the educational system and the school system. About 20 so twenty or so years after that, you have the, the, the flower power and hippies and sex and drugs. And that's the moral depravity of communism and Marxism. That's the demoralization that Yuri Bezdemov talked about demoralization, destabilization. And now you are seeing the reaping of those labors with the violence and the entitlement and the lack of any kind of moral judgment, the lack of any kind of uh, historical knowledge or information at all, where you have people that are free demanding that they are put in bondage because they feel that bondage is freedom and that freedom is bondage. And George Orwell wrote that in the 40s. He wrote, freedom is slavery. Right? So you tell people that to be free, it's not that simple. It's not how you, t- you don't tell people, hey, if you're free, that means you're a slave. It's the psychology of it. You tell people that they're bad for being a certain color. You tell people that they're bad for being of a certain sex. You corrupt and demoralize. You break down and destabilize. And then the, the system works itself and it begins to fall apart and crumble. And so, as I said, there are two ways to stop this. One, education, true education, not the one that politicians always talk about. We got to have better education, better education, more education more jobs, you know, last racism, just talking points. So if you can't stop it that way, it only stops one other way. Well, I guess you could say technically there are three ways, but one of the ways is a, is a combination of two extremes. In other words, it stops when people are morally educated, they are educated about human rights, they understand the the necessity of work and and participating in society and building something for the betterment of others and yourself and your family, participating in your community and, and, and private property and things like that. But if that doesn't happen, then you stop it by either allowing but, but the thing is, it never really stops, but you stop it by allowing the extremist force, whichever direction it might be coming from, by allowing that extremist force to win. And so in the case of America, that would mean an extremist, leftist, communist, ultimately communist Marxist government turning the United States into a red, red and red country rather than a red, white and blue country. Now, there's another way it stops. How does it stop? Well, you go to the other extreme. And in our case, in the United States, you have extreme leftists. But right under the surface, there are extreme rightists. And you can look at their movement and say that it's justified to some degree. Don't necessarily agree myself, but it's justified to some degree that they are... One of the only lines of defense against defeating the extreme leftists, but here's the problem: neither extremist has any sense of balance or reason, and they don't really have a moral code, and and are really educated either. So, if the left extremist is defeated by the right extremist, well, now you get a right extremist government. You see what I mean? You see how this works? So you either live long enough to see yourself become the villain or you die a hero. Donald Trump is very, very, very similar to Adolf Hitler, but like I've said from the beginning, not in the way that you think. He's like Adolf Hitler because Adolf Hitler came to power. Adolf Hitler stopped another communist uprising in the early 30s and the continued demoralization of Germany. And then as time went on, Hitler attempted to expand Germany, to take back land that he felt was German land, and then things got out of hand. And and see, here's the thing. You you know, people always ask me, like, why don't you just condemn Hitler? Who said I didn't condemn Hitler? All I said was, if I had to pick between Hitler and Stalin, I'd pick Hitler every time, 10 times out of 10. It doesn't mean Hitler's a great guy, but I'd pick Hitler. It's the same. It's, it's the same thing. It's no so different when someone says, well, who are you going to vote for? Well, I'm not voting for anybody. Well, you got to vote for somebody. Well, who are you voting for? Well, I'm voting for Trump. Why? Well, because he's the lesser of two evils. Well, same thing. Or some people might say, I'm voting for Biden. He's the lesser of two evils. Well, same thing. If it was between Stalin and Hitler, I'd vote for Hitler. You know, make Germany great again. Absolutely. But see, I want to know why no one ever questions the other side of that. It's because they've been conditioned to think that they have some moral high ground and that they have some, some sense of entitlement to the things that other people work for, the fruits of their labors, etc. And so since we know that the population, generally speaking, is not educated, we're at a critical crossroads. A crossroads that, if we step back and examine it, has a tremendous amount of historical relevance and pinpoints, a little tax on the map of history, the timeline of history, and it shows us that one of two things happen. If you don't moderately stop what is occurring, you're going to end up with an extremist left government or an extremist right government. And personally, I don't want either. I don't want to live in an extremist left government. I don't want to live in an extremist right government. I don't want to live in communist Russia or Nazi Germany. I want to live in the Republic of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, And this isn't a religious God. Most of the founders were not religious anyway. They were deists or something else along those lines. But God is just a symbol of morality. I mean, you can be a moral person and not believe in God. And you can have a good, balanced uh, relationship, I believe, with a partner and not be married. Marriage is there as a moral preservation, like God is there as a moral preservation. So when they want to get rid of God, it's not religious. They want to get rid of morality. And they want anybody to be able to get married to each other. I think the Christians get that wrong, too. It's not about gay people. It's about destroying the purpose of marriage, preserving the morality of the family structure. It's no different than the right to bear arms. It's not about f- firearms. Hell, the colonists in the 17th 70s, 1780s had the same firearms that the British had. Some of them had better firearms. Muskets. It's about disarming you, getting rid of your right to self-defense. A lot of these issues are simpler than they seem, but more complex on the surface because we think in a polarized manner. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's more when we come back. I want to tell you about Bilzaphon and what I call the Bilsiphon Barrier. Talk about that after this break. We'll be right back on the secret teachings. Don't go anywhere.
2: from Ground Zero Radio and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable.
3: You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion or give recommendations, email r.d.gable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info
0: here at the secret teachings we're pushing 11 years on air from powerful interviews to truly unique analysis we're here for you five nights a week and now we can also be with you whenever you want to listen just subscribe to our archive today and get access to stream and download every show after it airs Your subscription also includes access on the site to my books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir, along with my original books that many people have been asking for, The Grand Illusion, The Persistent Illusion, and False Prophets. We are also growing our montage archive, which will be available on the site for subscribers to listen. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info, click on the Donate or Subscribe tab at the top of the page, and become a member today. Even if you aren't a member, though, you can access certain select shows in our free archive and grab a free show released every week on the site. Otherwise, catch us Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM.
4: even those in your pet food. With free solutions to better health, check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and order yours today. It supports The Secret Teachings, you, and The Fringe FM.
0: you tune into this show at your own risk because it leads to a state of mind not a perception it will be but one that is i'm ryan gable and this is the secret teachings the analysis offered on this show is objective removed from the emotional hysteria of the hive mind collective mob of coercive persuasion the polar divisions in politics and religion and those that exist in the paranormal occult and even in health by simple observation and common sense one may decipher the news speak Double speak and propaganda of ideological collectives intent on persuading the individual to abandon liberty through coercion and fear. On this show, we will speak to your heart and soul, opening a channel to spirit. And when you tune into this frequency, you are hearing the Secret Teachings, five nights a week on The Fringe FM, with a full archive at thesecretteachings.info.
3: Join me on a journey where getting lost is the only true destination. Where happiness is an illusion. Here, where the past, present, and future all coexist on the same timeline. Welcome to a future where our true reflection is only revealed once the screen goes dark. Welcome to the darkness. I hope you find it enlightening.
5: You are listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM, where you can catch the secret teachings with Ryan Gable five nights a week after Lighting the Void with Joe Rook.
2: This is Howard Kautz. My website is
3: www.timeloopsolution.com, and you are listening to the Secret Teachings Ready Program with Ryan Gable.
0: Ryan Gable, your host, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM. Thefringe.fm is the network website. Our website is www.thesecretteachings.info, and I sincerely appreciate everybody tuning in this evening or whenever you might be listening, maybe in the archive later at thesecretteachings.info. All of our subscribers to uh, to that archive. If you're not a subscriber, though, you can still get some of the New shows for free. sometimes I put those on Facebook as well as facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. I was reading this book, kind of glancing through it, and uh, I came across the name of a of a demon, I like demonology, so I, I looked this demon up and you know most of the demons that you have heard of are they're the popular demons, right? Ball. Is a popular demon. Asmodeus is a popular demon. Phallic is a very popular demon. Paimon is a popular demon because of those movies with Paimon or Valic and the Conjuring. Beelzephon, like Beelzebub, Beelzebuth, Behemoth. Beelzephon was a was a deity and and also was made into a statue that was used. To prevent slaves from escaping from ancient Egypt. Just some random detail that I, I, I read over in a book. Beelzephon. Now, in the book I read, it's a little bit older, so they spelled it B-E-E-L-Z-E-P-H-O-N, Beelzefond. But the name, if you type it in on, in on the computer or a, a dictionary, infernal or something of that nature, it'll come up as Balzaphon. In other words, uh, Beelzephon is kind of like, uh, is basically Baal, the god Baal. So, you know about the popular demons, a lot of the less popular demons are just branches of the more popular demons. They're just different manifestations, but they all come from the same source. Just like in polytheism, a lot of the different gods and goddesses are really coming from the same central god or goddess head, if you will. So this Beelzephon character is a deity that prevented slaves from escaping from ancient Egypt put out there in the in the desert there was also a, a location not just a, an entity uh but but you know kings queens princes princesses locations i mean all these things were often just like with with asteroids or planets uh you know the gods of the heavens uh, their attributes were given to the king and the king took on the attributes of the gods and they exchange names, you know, names like Marduk and names like Osiris and names like Isis, the queen would be, or the king would be identified with that god or that goddess or whatever the case is. Beelzephon was a barrier to freedom, a form of the Canaanite god Baal, who we've talked about repeatedly for over a year now on the secret teachings. And you'll see in her music she... If you've heard this show before, I've gone into the details, but you'll see that she actually does a presentation in one song where she physically portrays the characteristics and the attributes of Baal, the storm god, a king of hell. And she obviously does this uh, through her name, because her name, Bill, Bell Baal, Eilish, Enuma Eilish... The Sumerian tablets of creation that some of you are probably familiar with. Eilish Elish means in ancient Sumerian, as far as we're told, it means on high. So her name literally means the king of hell on high. And she shows that in her music. So Ball is very prominent in the music industry and in popular culture. You might think, well, that's preposterous. What do you mean Ball? A, a demon? It's just music. Well no, it's it's more than that. And, and so I'm reading that last night about Beelzephon, and I come across this other interesting little detail, that because I'm, I'm looking, Beelzephon is Baal, and then Baal, really interesting, we were talking about Orions last night, the demon of the East, and it turns out that in 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 myth and in demonology, Baal, or Beelzephon, is ruled over by the Eastern demon. And then... You read about the Eastern Demon, and the Eastern Demon arrives to bring destruction when summoned on a horse or donkey, sometimes on an elephant, which is really interesting because a horse or a donkey, well, that's the symbol of the Democratic Party, and an elephant is a symbol of the Republican Party. And when this demon appears, he appears as or with... A woman. And in this appearance, there is pageantry. So when I learned that a couple of weeks ago, I just thought. I I thought, holy crap, this is this is literally. and And I learned this when I looked at the Democratic National Convention logo. People are like, oh, it's satanic. Well, maybe. But it looks like there is, yeah, the D to America. But it looks like this is a sigil. And they're calling upon the demon of the East, China, let's say, geopolitically speaking, to bring death, yeah, to um, America, to the West. And so they're calling on an Eastern demon, and this Eastern demon rules over Baal, which the imagery of Baal and the symbolism of Baal is prolific throughout our culture, whether you realize it or not, here in the United States, because it is a representation in physical form of uh, the demoral and the destabilizations of our society. That's what most of these demons represent, depravity, depression, hatred, anger, violence. Not all demons, some demons, and even the violent ones, might do things that are less violent. You know, show you where treasure is, or give you knowledge, or something like that. You can interpret that if that's negative or not, but... You have the demon appearing on a Republican Party symbol or a Democratic Party symbol appearing at a, you know, uh, at the DNC, basically pageantry. And Joe Biden's there with Kamala Harris and Kamala means red in very, very simple terms. I mean, red, red horse, lady in red. Destruction, chaos, and destruction of chaos by what? Well, it's destruction of chaos by the red horses. If we look at the black horse, which is death into the winter, the pale horse with the rider of death is the winter. Fall to winter, black to pale. And then you have the white horse in spring that brings life back, and then you have the red horse, the heat of the summer. So it's fire. It's destruction by fire. It is a holocaust. And Oriens and the woman bring that destruction. So that's what I see when I look at the Democratic National Convention logo. All these images can be derived from that sigil, which in simple terms implies an invocation of the demon of the East to bring death to America. And you don't have to look at it in esoteric or mythological or symbolic terms you could just read mainline newspapers where they openly state, yeah, I, I, we, we need China to destroy the United States. I mean, you see that in newspapers. You see newspapers calling for violence, death to the president, etc. And while one political party has been consumed in a fiery rage and possessed by demons, the other has been unable or unwilling to even attempt to mount a defensive or let alone an offensive. Meanwhile, American cities are burning as a result of the riots, the looting, the arson, the vandalism, the outright murder in the streets, and the sinking, the lowering of, a, of the country into a state of de facto war. Domestically, it's overt and internationally, it's covert because there's a an Eastern power involved here. And now you look at the BDSM nature of masks to the lockdowns and uh, in the face of total admittance by the CDC to the COVID fraud. They've acknowledged everything. 94% of COVID-19 deaths had underlying medical conditions. The New York Times is acknowledging, and we'll do another show on this, is acknowledging now that the standard tests diagnosing people may not be so accurate considering that, Most of those people are not contagious. Most of those people cannot spread the disease. Most of those people, in essence, don't have a disease. And they give one example that the Wadsworth Center New York State Laboratory in July conducted tests and found 794 positive people based on a threshold of 40 cycles for the test. If they reduced those cycles to 35, half of the tests would no longer qualify as positive. And if they reduced it to 30 cycles, 70% would not be positive. In other words, if you're really sick, based on the mainline theory in these tests, you don't need 50 cycles to find the genetic material. You need like 25, 30. They're running 40, 47, 50. They're doubling it to try to find evidence. And even then, they're hardly finding anything, so they're giving out these false positives. It's creating an illusion. That is magic. They are literally casting a spell. That's what they're literally doing. They're literally casting a spell. This is a magical operation. And like this is a magical operation, there must be sigils and concentration of energy in certain directions at certain times, and you have sigils in the DNC. You have cities that are lit on fire and burning, as burnt offerings, as sacrifices. And some of those cities, a lot of listeners have have pointed out, Night Stalkers pointed out, along with many others as well, that Minneapolis, where a lot of this began, is a twin city, Gemini, and there's a relationship to the stars in regards to that. I mean, You could sit and break this down for months, and by the time you understood what was happening in January of this year, we'd be in January of 2025. There's just there's so much. So you have to try try to kind of condense it, and you have to look at the basics, and the basics are this. Whether it's masks or lockdowns, whether it's the total acknowledgement that COVID is a fraud, the testing is a fraud, etc., what's happening now is that the scaffolding of the authoritarian communist state is being removed. In other words, the mainstream narrative from the beginning is not so much breaking down as it is being intentionally dismantled. Because like a, a good mold... It's there as a holder for whatever you're molding. And once what you're molding has has dried and solidified, you remove the holder. And whatever is being solidified is this authoritarian communist state, and you could call it whatever you want to call it. Communist is just what it is. If you want to call it something else, that's fine. An authoritarian police state, maybe that's better for you. If you have some political bias, or historical bias for that matter, maybe you like the violence. I don't know. But that mold holder is being separated. You see what's inside now. It's a big hammer and sickle inside. That's what it is. It's a big hammer and sickle. And so... You have restrictions on travel and purchases and association and speech and gathering and even self-defense. And all of it's been justified in the name of safety while schools remain closed and the country is under a state of violent assault. And they, the Marxist communists, the jackbooted Gestapo thugs, have completed their revolutions throughout the 20th century all over the world with devastating results of hundreds of millions of people murdered and millions more left to suffer lifelong trauma and torture, dying from disease, dying from starvation. And now hundreds of millions are going to sink into extreme poverty and die as a result of lockdowns, while law and order has been suspended in the name of black lives. And these commies, these jack-booted Gestapo thugs, have come with venom for America, using the black Beelzebub barrier as a source of terror to scare people who are free into servitude. George Orwell wrote it and said it best. Freedom, in three words, freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. War is peace. How prophetic is that? But it's not really prophetic because when he wrote it, what was going on in his day was... Something that would occur from his time in the future in other countries where the same techniques were applied. So what was happening then, it's happening now. So when CNN says buildings are burning down and people are being raped and shot in the street, but it's mostly peaceful. It's mostly peaceful. Well, war is peace. And when you have the freedom to move about and the freedom to self-defense and the freedom to do basically whatever you want so long as you don't offend upon the rights of others, they call that slavery. And they tell you that if you want to end slavery, you need to come and join their ideological cult. And once you join the cult, any perception, any sense of freedom you have goes bye-bye. And you perceive your new slavery as true freedom because you've been given a purpose by the cult. And anyone who tries to point these things out is immediately labeled a Nazi. Even George Orwell was recently labeled a Nazi. Did you hear that? George Orwell, they labeled him a Nazi because they said he didn't condemn Nazism enough. He just condemned communism too much kind of like what's happening with trump and anybody else who doesn't fully support the terrorist groups of antifa or black lives matter they just say oh yay you know they're just uh, they're not condemning white supremacy enough they're just talking too much about communists i mean that's what happens to people like myself and clyde lewis and so many others kev baker on radio all the time i just say those two names because they're friends of mine all these people that are on radio what happens and i'm sure many of you in your own life you're like well i don't really agree with these riots and protests they need to stop this stuff oh you must be a nazi you don't support black lives matter it's just it's just hysterical reaction unfortunately what i i feel no matter if you agree or disagree with protest or whatever you want to call it i don't even know what's going on anymore Whether you agree or disagree with that, the reality is the lack of morality and the lack of stability is going to result in one of two things. An extremist, leftist, communist government, or an extremist, rightist, fascist government. Well, they're both really fascist, aren't they? They're both really socialist, communist. You can call it whatever you want to call it. It's authoritarianism, and in the wind... Uh, In the end, nobody wins. You know, Alex Jones always says it's a 360 win-win, right? No, in this case, it's a 360 lose-lose. You lose. It doesn't matter if there's a red flag flying, a blue flag flying, a swastika or a hammer and sickle. You'd better look up what the hammer and sickle actually represents because you should be a little bit more afraid of that than a swastika. A lot of good reasons for that. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings. More after this. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us right here on The Fringe FM.
2: to the secret teachings with your host Ryan Gable to contact Ryan email rdgable at yahoo.com a woman in politics is like a donkey doing calculus
5: come on there are plenty of amazing women politicians
4: name one
5: uh senator Hillary Rodham Clinton
4: awful how is she awful hates freedom
0: Here at The Secret Teachings, we're pushing 11 years on air. From powerful interviews to truly unique analysis, we're here for you five nights a week. And now we can also be with you whenever you want to listen. Just subscribe to our archive today and get access to stream and download every show after it airs. Your subscription also includes access on the site to my books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir. Along with my original books that many people have been asking for, The Grand Illusion, The Persistent Illusion, and False Prophets. We are also growing our montage archive, which will be available on the site for subscribers to listen. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info, click on the Donate or Subscribe tab at the top of the page, and become a member today. Even if you aren't a member, though, you can access certain select shows in our free archive and grab a free show released every week on the site. Otherwise, catch us Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM.
2: They all say the same thing. They're all like, you know, over the last four years, everything good that happened was cause of us. And we would have done more good stuff if it wasn't
4: for those guys. And then they, the Democrats go, oh, we did all the good stuff. <laughs> it's like, you're all working for the same guy. Hi, Jeremy Scott here from Into the of Normal, and I'm back live Saturdays at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Fringe FM. See, now you're infecting my memory with your memory. And I can't even remember my own life correctly. Yeah. I think you are remembering okay, it, remember, It was a pretty good thing. Guys, no, no, no. Can, can we not do this? Can we not start messing with each other's memories, OK? Distorting facts, it, like, basically changes history. You know, it's like fake news. You know, and then all of a sudden, nobody knows what the truth is. And facts don't matter. Guys, it's a slippery slope.
0: Alex Exum. Hi, I'm Alex Exon, And you're listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM.
5: All three books can be purchased on the website at thesecretteachings.info, where you can read reviews from other authors and radio hosts around the world. Just visit thesecretteachings.info.
2: Understand the procedure now. Just stop a few of their machines and radios and telephones and lawnmowers. Throw them into darkness for a few hours, and then sit back and watch the pattern. And this pattern is always the same? With few variations. They pick the most dangerous enemy they can find. And it's themselves. All we need to do is sit back and watch.
4: Gentlemen, thank you so much for the great work that you guys are doing. Uh, phenomenal show, for phenomenal interview, phenomenal questions. And uh, I'd be willing to come back and, at any time and uh, explore other topics for discussion. So thank you for having me on today. Hi, everyone. This is Mark Passio from whatonearthishappening.com. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable.
0: I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio on the Fringe FM. You can catch the show Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday at the same time each night. You can find our website by searching www.thesecretteachings.info, Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, and our email is rdgable at yahoo.com. Dot com rdgable at yahoo.com email us tell us what you think about the show what you'd like to hear in the future if you have a topic or something along those lines you can also message us on Facebook about that as well right now the United States of America is probably experiencing the worst widespread violence at least in my lifetime I'm 29. And we often get caught up in this political back and forth, and it kind of seems justified in a way, doesn't it? Because if you don't agree with what the extreme left is doing, then it seems like the only way to stop the extreme left is to join the extreme right. And I'm sure you've heard one way or another, maybe you believe it, oh, Donald Trump, he's like Adolf Hitler. Well, yeah, if you want to stop the extreme left, then you better hope he's like Adolf Hitler. Because if he's not like Adolf Hitler, you're going to get Joseph Stalin. Do you really want Joseph Stalin? Do you really want Adolf Hitler? What happened to George Washington? Thomas Jefferson? What happened to the minds of the founding men and women of this country? The enlightened men and women, who I'm sorry to tell you, regardless of what your Marxist, puke-faced, lying, brainwashed college professors told you or what you watched in the highly, highly refined and controlled media and press, television and music and music videos and movies, The United States of America is the Novus Ordo Seclorum. It is the new order of the ages. It is the new world order. Because it was a new order during a time dominated by ages and ages and ages of monarchy. And true patriarchy. And true oppression of men and women and people that were not part of the big club. And just because there were those who didn't agree with those principles, we judge all of American history based on this. In the same way we say these riots are President Trump's fault. Well, you know what ultimately the mayors and the governors of these cities want, don't you? You have to know what they want by this point. They don't care about a black person or a white person being shot or They don't care if some expensive store in Chicago downtown gets looted. What they really want to happen, despite what the mayor of Portland said, we don't want federal troops here. Take your goons and, you know, get them out of my state, out of my city. You know what they want? They really do want violence, but not the kind of violence in the streets. They want to be met with the same opposition and the same force, meaning They want troops in the street. You might think they don't want this, but this is, I guarantee you, this is what they want. They want troops in the street because troops in the street and public viewing of federal officers, the military or unarmed officers, arresting, detaining, and killing people in the street, even though it'll be completely out of context— That reinforces the idea and solidifies the idea that Trump is Hitler. Trump is a dictator. He's got to go. Is this really all about Trump? I think you'd be silly to think that this is about the soul of America. They've got you confused looking at an orange man and a retarded dementia patient thinking, oh, this is what America is, the choice between these two people. Yeah, Trump is a a walk in the park compared to Biden. But that's not what it's about. It's not about, about Trump. It's not about Biden. They make it about democracy. It's not about democracy. It's about all the things that have been limited and restricted under threat of jail or fine or public shaming. Oh, no. What happens if I don't wear a mask or social distance? I, I can't do anything. That's what it's really about. Let you me you tell you the secret. This is the secret. Wearing a mask, the shame mask, like the 16th, 17th, and 18th century shame masks. People would wear the shame mask. they go out in public. People would laugh at them, mock them, make fun of them because they were wearing a mask. Well, now what happens if you wear a mask, you mock and make fun of people and yell at people and assault people who don't wear a mask. And what is the mask ultimately? It's just BDSM, cultural BDSM, because you know that you love putting the mask on, don't you? If you don't, you know somebody that loves putting that mask on because they feel empowered. They feel feel really good about themselves. They're, They're taking care of business. They're doing what needs to be done. They're a strong man, a strong woman. You see these ridiculous polls that come out. It's like, 97% 97% of women you know, think that men who wear masks are attractive. Well, really? You can't see their face. How do you know if they're attractive? Is that supposed to make a guy think, oh, well, maybe I'll get laid if I wear a mask. Now, I imagine if you ask conservative girls, it would be like 99.95% of conservative girls, maybe they don't think you're attractive, but they probably don't think you're a moron for wearing a mask as a man. But even then, a lot of conservative girls, they just do it because, oh, it's just easier. It's just easier. I don't want to deal with it. So, how about those lockdowns? How about the extension of all that? How about the controlling of travel and purchases and the limiting of available coins and cash and the rolling out of health ID cards and Limiting speech and public gatherings and self-defense, making public displays of people who defend themselves in mobs of violent, violent communist insurgents. Carrying out color revolutions, taking us dangerously close here in the early days of September 2020 to the October Revolution 103 years later, not in Russia, but in America first they came for russia then they came for china then they came for america here they are there they are who's they what do you mean they well the, the marxists i mean you call i don't care what you that's the thing we oh they're, they're not marxists technically it doesn't matter what you call it it's insurrection it's treason it's domestic terrorism it's international terrorism And I can tell you right now, if I was the president, here's what I would do. I would send troops to the United Nations. I would immediately withdraw the United States from the United Nations. And I would make a deal with the Russians. They've had our back in the past. Until that 1917 Bolshevik Revolution, the Russians had our back during the founding of this country and during the Civil War to preserve the Union. So I'd make a deal with the Russians, and I would back out of the United Nations, and just like, you know, I mean, just like an embassy in a, in a hostile country, you the, the ambassadors and the representatives come home. All the representatives, even from, you know, kind countries, they all go home. No more UN in New York City. Because this is a global war. This isn't just taking over a South American country. This isn't just trying to take over a slightly larger country, and failing as they did so many times, and I laugh in their faces. You try to t- how many times did you try to take over Germany, two, three, four times. You fail, you fail, you fail, you fail. You know why they failed in the 1920s in Germany from overthrowing the Weimar Republic, which turned into a cesspit of cultural depravity anyway, because of the continued influence underground of those communist sects. It was because the Germans, particularly the post-World War I veterans used guns to mow these people down when they were doing what they were doing here in the United States. They used guns. And so I, I, I really do have this, like, morbid sense. I don't know if you have this, but I have this morbid sense of, like, I don't like war at all, you know? I'd be, like, maybe a classical liberal in that sense, you know? Maybe a classical liberal Republican. I don't like war, you know? And I like what George Washington said and Thomas Jefferson said and so many other founding fathers about war and not waging war and occupying countries, using the military to defend only and to defend within the borders of your country. And that's it. I like what those guys said, but I, I can't help but have this morbid sense of curiosity. They're not aware of it, I don't think, but what, what do you think as an aware person, what do you think is going to happen when just like in Russia, just like in China, they turn their torches and pitchforks and signs from the major cities where they draw most of their support to the rest of the country, which is, you know, big cities, not all the big cities, but, you know, you've got like 20% support of the whole population probably of the country in big cities. You go out to the countryside this isn't rural Russia. This isn't rural China. This is the United States of America. And just like in Germany in the 20s, you're going to see the Freikorps rise up. But see, it's also very sophisticated now because they've tried it so many times, they've, they've kind of perfected it. So you've got to be really careful what you do and how you maneuver those chess pieces. Because if you don't, one wrong move, and even an aware population could fall victim to the propaganda and think, well, we have to stop the extreme right. And so they fall victim to the same ideology. Well, we got to stop the extreme left. What do we do? Join the extreme right. Or we got to stop the extreme right. What do we do? We join the extreme left. They'll stop them. a battle between those who want to live freely and those who want to live on the backs of those who no longer live freely they work for things that are given to people that don't want to work and it really is as simple as that but you know it's a much more complex issue that takes quite a bit of analysis to to go through and I don't think uh I don't think I could teach a history class on it, but I can give you a pretty good idea of what's going on. So you want to stop the extreme left? Well, it's not going to be stopped by the extreme right. At least if we generally were educated on the subject, what happens is it's just going to be one or the other. You know how the extreme left was stopped in Germany? Well, everybody knows that story because they think it was the worst thing that ever happened in the world. Why? want to know why Hitler's the worst thing that ever happened in the world? Because Hitler was the first major government that not only prevented a communist uprising, he went after the communists. Didn't say I agree with what he did, but that's why they don't like Hitler. That's why all your liberal professors have this just hard-on for, for bashing everything German. Nazis, 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 Nazis. It's all Nazis. How about some communists? How about communists, 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 communists? And people want to make it a contest. Oh, you know, the Nazis did this. Well, the communists did that. I don't want to do either one of them because I don't want to live under communism or Nazism. I want to live in a republic where I'm free to speak and free to associate with who I want to associate with. To see who I want to see. To talk about what I want to talk about. You know why those things are done away with first? Because if you do away with the right to associate and the right to speak freely, which are human rights, they're God-given rights. They're natural rights. No one's going to control me where I go and who I can talk to and what I can say. But if you can convince people that they should lay down those rights because they could offend somebody or they could make somebody sick. Ooh, now that's sophisticated warfare. You've got your enemy to lay down not only their guard, but their weapons and convince them to step aside so you can walk right through the front line. You don't even need a Trojan horse. They've convinced you to not communicate with other people because it could make them sick. They've convinced you to harm yourself with consistent, incessant mask wearing. They've convinced you to do that based on a fraudulent disease. Something obviously exists, something's patented, whatever they call COVID-19, but 94% of people died of other conditions and the cdc says that and that you don't need to get tested if you don't have symptoms and the new york times is reporting that nearly 100 percent of cases are false positives it's all a fraud it's over it's over it's over but that's what's being used to do the same thing in america that was by the way, done in China, you know that in the nineteen uh, late 1940s, early 1950s, there's this propaganda campaign that began in Beijing, telling people they were going to get sick, and using disease and sickness as an excuse to lock down society. It's an unbelievable story. I've told it a couple of times. And that is, I believe it was the year 1952. If I remember that correctly, 1952 Beijing Communist government said, the Americans and others, they launched terrorist attacks, we want to protect you, and we need you to wear masks. They launched chemical biological agents, we need you to wear masks, we need you to clean everything. And they wear masks to this day, not just because of pollution, but because of what happened in the 50s, all based on a fraudulent, fake series of diseases and lie about chemical and biological weapons and now we see the same thing happening so in America as the Marxists have completed their revolutions all over the world to the devastating effect of you know hundreds of millions of people starving to death and dying of other kinds of things like disease and public humiliations and beatings and torture and all these types of things now You see, hundreds of millions are going to die, not from those things as a result of some government, but as a result of lockdown. Hundreds of millions are going to sink into poverty, and hundreds of millions are going to die as a result of the lockdown. It's not Mao's Great Famine, it's COVID's Great Famine. And then you suspend law and order, and you let people go pillage and destroy things, and Mao Zedong would have supported Black Lives Matter. I guarantee you that. I mean, hell, he pioneered a lot of the things that Black Lives Matter and Antifa are doing. Marx wrote about the ideology of it. Mao and Stalin perfected it. And now they're coming for America. And in all reality, all truth, they've been coming for America for a long time, but now we're at a place where the disinformation, misinformation campaigns are complete, the demoralization process is complete, destabilization is nearing completion, in this final cycle, which is ending in violence and normalization. Normalization of your masks and your lockdowns and your distancing and control of travel and all of the things that were done in every authoritarian regime, including, yeah, Nazi Germany. But now done under the guise of a disease, just like they did with biological and chemical weapons in 1952 in Beijing. How do you know all this, Ryan? I read books. Well, how do you know those books are right? I don't. You read enough books and you start to realize, oh, you know, that author said this and that author said that. And kind of get a clear picture of what's going on. And then you apply it to what's happening today. And it's like, oh, that's what it means. That makes sense. It makes perfect sense. They came for Russia, they came for China, now they came for America. And they don't don't want to, you know. They don't want the they they want the American flag they just don't want the white and the blue of it. they just want the red that'll be the new American flag, all red maybe maybe they'll keep the blue, maybe they'll make the blue section just all red, and then you won't have white stars. you'll have a big red hammer and sickle, just a big red flag, hammer and sickle one size fits all industrial and agricultural class because they care so much about the workers, don't they. And the first thing that a communist government does is exploit all that nice, cheap, free labor. And then they give them nothing in return, but it's all equal. I mean, there are some unbelievably ridiculous sick stories in China that are in the National Archives in China. And they're like, in some places, they would take somebody's horse and they would literally cut the horse into pieces they would dismember it and they would give you know hooves or legs or organs they would distribute the horse you know like it's some mafia movie they would distribute the horse to members of the community and say everybody gets a fair equal share you know if you were living on a farm or something and You had a horse and some thugs came and took your horse and cut it up and gave some to your neighbor. I think you and your neighbor would both be pretty horrified. But the less you resist, the more they're going to push back. And yeah, they might get kind of angry when you resist the first time. But all you have to do is is like that step that, you know, dad gives. The, you better not, that one step forward, you better not do it. You know, or, you know, you get in a fight in public or something you give some of that crazy eye. You, I'll beat the shit out of you. Don't touch me. And they back down. Because psychopaths, criminals, rapists, murderers, thieves, they're looking for easy prey. You have a bunch of young people that have grown up and become old, ideologically obsessed professors that then brainwash and control the youth. And they go after the youth. They they don't go after people like, maybe people like you. I mean, when I was in school, they went after me. I didn't have any clue what anybody was talking about. Good thing I didn't pay attention. Good thing I didn't pay attention. But I learned. As I learned, I realized, wow, I think I dodged a bullet. I think a lot of people dodged a bullet if you, you got out of school without being totally brainwashed by that particular ideology but here's the thing you want to change things you're not going to change things by fighting fire with fire using right-wing extremism that's not going to work because here's the thing right-wing extremists are still extremists and i don't care what wing it is Still, on the same bird. If that bird is violent and vicious and authoritarian, I don't want to pick up that bird or pet that bird or feed that bird. That bird's going to bite my finger off, claw my eyes out. Trump's like Hitler. Yeah, he is like Hitler. In fact, he's like Hitler in a lot of the ways that I like Hitler, and those are the reasons I like Trump. National security. Lock down the border. You want to come in? You come in legally. Oh, this is a free country. It's founded on immigrants. No, listen here, jackass. The country wasn't founded on a bunch of people flooding in the borders, okay? There was a slow process for people that wanted to come here. And the United States of America doesn't owe you anything, no matter what country you come from. It's not our responsibility as a country. If you want to come here, we'll welcome you into our society. But you need to do it. in a legal, lawful way. Nobody's taught that in school. You don't learn that in civics class. Oh, they want to take your guns away. They don't want to take your guns away. I disagree. I don't think they want to take your guns away, anybody. I I think they want to take your right to self-defense away so that you go to jail for defending yourself from mobs in the street that hit you over the head with skateboards teaches you a lesson shoot to kill you don't just shoot some guy in the arm you blow his head off oh that's violent oh really it's violent well you let the extreme left continue to do what the extreme left is doing and you'll see violence the likes of which you've never seen in any movie and if you think the extreme right will stop it yeah they'll push it back but if you don't balance that out you're going to get violence like you never seen in a movie So, the point is, no extremism. The point is, balance. The point is, when you have God, you have marriage, these things that are like associated with Christianity. Christianity is a faith that preserves moral standards. God is a symbol of that preserves moral natural law you get rid of god you get rid of natural law you get rid of marriage you just get rid of the preservation of moral standards but you can still be with somebody and have those standards and you have no need to get married but it was a legal contract to protect men and women see getting rid of marriage destroying marriage getting rid of god destroying all these things it's not about what you think it is just like the right to bear arms it's not about what you think it is about the right to bear weapons, the right to self-defense. Marriage and God, those are just moral guidelines. But when you remove the symbolic guidelines, you remove the understanding. You open society up to an entirely godless, faithless, demoralized, destabilized environment that is ripe for revolution. A revolution of color, An October revolution, perhaps, right before the 2020 presidential election. And like Orwell said, freedom is slavery. And just like in Egypt, where they had the Beelzefone ball deity statue, a god that prevented slaves from escaping from Egypt, they hold up that statue of Hitler and they say, as they planted in the ground. If you resist us, you are Hitler. You are Nazi. You are an extreme rightist. You hate all the groups that the Nazis hate. And good, decent people who retain that good, decent moral view on the world and they retain their and are able to restrain what otherwise might be violent outbursts at this assault on liberty and these absolute insurrections and treasonous acts. That's the one thing that Americans in general, I think, are missing. A resolve to say, you know what, you call me whatever you want to call me, I know that this is all just a big illusion. That statue is there, those words are there, that political correctness is there, that censorship is there, those restrictions are there, those fines, those threats, that terrorism, that insurrection is only there to scare me from even trying to prevent the destruction of my country and the ushering of all people, of all backgrounds, all colors, all nationalities, all whatever, all Americans, all humans, into a prison camp. You Better know that you're free now and that freedom is freedom. Freedom is not slavery. If you want slavery, you let the extreme left continue to do what they're doing. And if you want slavery, but you think the extreme right is going to help, you're going to get slavery either way. So you better realize that these two forces are going to relate to the same forces throughout history that give us the same conclusions. Mass death, mass terror, mass fire, burning, torture, rape, you name it. They came for Russia, they came for China, and then they came for America. Beelzebub's barrier. It tells us, don't go any further. Don't leave. Don't leave the plantation. Stay there. Because you'll be free. No, you won't be free. Extreme left, extreme right. Doesn't matter. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Thank you all for listening. The Fringe FM. Thefringe.fm is the network website. Thesecretteachings.info is our website. You can subscribe to our archive there to get access to every show. You can also grab a copy of my book on the website. Don't forget, when you subscribe. You also get access to the Montage Archive. It's got the montage in there I played tonight. Marxist America. That's in the Montage Archive. www.thesecretteachings.info Email us at rdgable at and find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash thesecretteachings. Shoot us an email, rdgable at yahoo.com. I want to hear what you think. Stay safe, stay informed, and we'll talk to you on the next broadcast right here on The Fringe FM.